Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. We got Miss Hoss in the house okay. and we're going to do a rapid fire Q&A session. How about that? Ask the expert. Ask the expert. Part two. So we, we put a post on social media, asked for some of your questions and we took some of those. We didn't have room for them all, but we took some of those and we're going to do a rapid fire question to maybe help you answer some of your questions this evening. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the garden first. What's all going right. on in the garden? Um, my sunflowers are about gone. My uh, winter squash coming winter along. Winter squash is coming along. About looking good. softball size. Yep. Um, okra's okra. kicking it, baby. Yeah, okra's kicking it. We're really enjoying that jambalaya okra. You know, it's amazing to me. We got a four by eight raised bed mm -hmm. with jambalaya in it. With eight plants. Eight plants, and we're getting enough for a meal, a meal off of that. Twice a week. Twice. It's growing like crazy. So, uh, oh, I, my, my garden's in the ground. Up here, we got separate gardens. She's got a raised bed garden. Mine's up here on top of the hill. Mine's struggling a little bit. It is. Mm -hmm. All this rain's caused problems. Um, I'm struggling. I'm doing okay. Squash is looking good. Cucumbers looking good. Flowers are looking wonderful. Look yeah. here, folks. Yep. So this right here is some of our zinnias that we got in the garden. Now this one right here is the new California Giant series we got there. That purple one there. Now those are coming along doing nice. Look how different they look. Yeah, the petals are different, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Now these dark pink ones are actually some that came back and reseeded where I had the large bed. And these small ones are the uh, dwarf ones. Yep. And I honestly did not like them in the spring. I remember you saying that. But isn't that gorgeous, that right there? You know, I think they do good when you mix them in with the larger ones. It, it actually fills in the spaces in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So and then this is some basil that you've got growing up in your garden. Yep. Makes the bouquet smell really good. Yep. Zinnias, you got plenty of time yet to get some zinnias and sunflowers in. I mean, you got plenty of time to get those rocking and rolling. Always keep you some flowers growing because you never know when you're going to get in a tight and mess up and have to pick the wild some flowers. That's right. Make everything all right. All right, so let's talk about microgreens just for a minute. You know, we're still doing lots of testing on microgreens. Yes. This is kind of a weird deal right here, and I want everybody to kind of really pay attention because I'm fixing to tell you something that's strange. But we had heard that callot microgreens were really well. So Carrie put in, she wanted to grow some callot microgreens and we're going to do a little taste testing today. And this is really weird. I want you to taste this right here. I've already tasted them pre-show. Mmm. That's got a fruity flavor to it on the end. It's got a subtle fruity taste to it, which a is really bit strange. Like a cantaloupe, but not quite. Yep. That's that's really good. Yep. Now, me being way ahead of Carrie on this thing here, <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm gonna sneak back and do some watermelon microgreens. <laughs> so I got back there and grew me off some watermelon microgreens. They were absolutely horrendous terrible. Yep. I wouldn't recommend them to anybody. I don't know if the chickens that eat them. I don't know what happened. But the, the don't do the watermelon, but the cantaloupe microgreens is a, is a keeper. Very unusual. Fruity hint of fruity on the end of it. Kind of a little sweet on the end of it. Mm -hmm. Something you've probably not tasted before. And you can actually taste the cantaloupe in it. And you don't like cantaloupe. But you and like I don't that. like cantaloupe, but I love that right there. That's wonderful. Cantaloupe microgreens. 
There's a lot of different things you can do with microgreens that we're learning. So and we're not carrying the seed in microgreens, but we don't have this is I believe this is the uh, honey rock yeah. variety here. But I, I think any cantaloupe would work. But uh, we don't care this as a microgreen seed. We do have it as a seed as okay. growing cantaloupes. But we may later on. I mean, I think it's very Just appealing. Just right there. We might yep. snack on it. Yep. I, you know, I think it would probably be best to mix it in with another one. I think it would probably do well as a good mix. So let's talk about our new products of the week. We've got two of them, matter of fact. First one is Scotch Bonnet Orange Pepper. This is a new pepper that we've just got in here for you folks out there that love those hot peppers. we got a nice Scotch bonnet here. And as always, these hot peppers are hard to germinate. So do your research on that before you start growing them. There's some tricks that you uh, need to apply when you start growing these. They can be a little bit tough, but they are rewarding, especially if you like hot stuff. We love hot pepper jelly. Mm -hmm. Another one that we have that we just got in is So Fire Onion. Now this is a short day onion and it is a red onion. This is a early maturing variety that has a good bit of disease resistant to it and it is bolt resistant. So it doesn't bolt as, as uh, some of the rest of them does. It's a great one there. So far, red early variety onion. Short day onion, so you can grow this in the southern part of the United States. So there we have two new seed varieties and we got a lot more coming in the next few weeks as the seed been starting to pick up some people are planting those fall gardens and we're getting seeds in in the fall of the year to get them packed and everything so it's exciting to be in the seed business mm -hmm. in the fall so you see all those new seeds coming in we'll start packing here pretty shortly okay all right so we got the new ones out of the way so let's think let's tell what we're going to do about the questions right if you submitted a question and we got your name in this nice little bowl here. And at the end of the show, we're going to draw. For this book. For that book. This is the Salad Garden by Joy Larkham. And it has every type of lettuce, onion, root, vegetable. Carrots. Anything that you put in a salad. Yeah. Um, now, Joy, it talks about in the beginning, she traveled through Europe with her husband and kids back, I think it was in the 70s. Um, went all over Europe researching kitchen gardens, lettuces, uh, talking to seed companies, kitchen gardeners, and gathering seed. And then she came home and she started her kitchen garden, but she called it a potager. Potager. P-O-T-A-G-E-R. It's a French word. Hmm. And you know what it means? Nope. It is a garden that is attractive as well as functional. So she did a patchwork quilt garden with the different types of lettuces. So it's the um, attractiveness, how pretty it is, as well as how functional. Yeah, if you've not grown some of these lettuces before, they, they are very robust with different uh, colors out there. And they but can I be, think I might do me a potage. Yeah, a potage. Potage. Hmm. Okay. So at the end of the show, if we draw your name, send an email to cussserve. We're going to draw five names. Right, five. Um, and we'll get you this book in the mail. Ooh, I think you'll enjoy it. have this address. So you got to send that in to us where we know where to send it to. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Are we ready? Rapid fire Q&A. Okay. From, oh, I have to put my glasses on. Mm, 
Tough I feel like you're reading old, this. It? it is. MCCUJO03. Thoughts on using Roundup weed kill around the edge of a garden in zone 8 slash B and hybrid Bermuda grass. Runners are hard to keep out. Yep. A lot of controversy out there on Roundup. I do use it sometime to edge around my garden, and it is ideal to keep those Roundup runners coming out of there. It's a personal preference here. If you got that big of a hang up with Roundup, by all means, don't use it. But yes, I do use it around the perimeter of my garden. I do not use it in my vegetable garden, but I have been known to edge with it. Okay. Lillian wants to know, will they ever be a clear dome made for the heavy-duty bottom trays? Probably not. The heavy-duty bottom trays is basically a catch basin for overflow of when you're watering, and we don't have any plans to do a, uh, a dome for that. We have some other products that have domes. That one probably will not. George asks, all my fall crops are loaded with white flies. They fly out like crazy. I sprayed with seven, but it doesn't even phase them. I spray them when they're flying out as well. Doesn't seem to affect them. Yeah, white flies, you know, we've, we've done a couple of videos on them and uh, they are tough. I wouldn't use seven on them. You could actually use something a lot safer. Use something like horticulture oil. Use something like uh, dishwashing detergent. Anything that kills soft body insects. Spray early in the morning, late in the afternoon. Spray underneath the leaf. Get good coverage. But the main thing is stay after them. Okay. Application after application until you get the control down and then move on. And there is a video a couple weeks back yeah. where you went over this. Yeah. I wouldn't use seven. Okay. Patty wants to know what vegetable or flower should never be grown in a pot because of their roots grow so deep. Well, roots growing deep, but you have fibrous root system. Now, one of the ones that I would put in that category would be corn, maybe okra, although I have seen it done. But this is personally, I wouldn't grow corn or okra or Roselle. Right. I wouldn't grow Roselle. I tried Roselle in some pots last year, and it went all the way through the bottom, went in the ground. I could not keep them watered. Yep. Um, but they have a real intensive root system. Yep. They fare better in ground. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend them. Yep. All right. Cheryl wants to know, how do you know when to pick the Roselle bush? I'm going to let you answer okay. that one. All right. Um, you want to pick it seven to ten days after it blooms, and um, you want to harvest it when it's tender, not when it's real dried. And just remember, the more you harvest it, the more blooms you're going to have, the more fruit you're going to have. But it's that red, it's calyx. that dark red thing that when the bloom falls off, yeah. that you want to The get. blooms inside that calyx, and when the bloom falls off, then that calyx closes, and then that's when you want to pick it. Okay. Happy Wanderer. Can I plant Swiss chard right now in zone eight? Heck yeah, you got plenty of time left to plant Swiss chard. Swiss chard takes a good bit of cold weather. I believe you can plant it all the way up to November and not have any issues whatsoever. Lucia, can potatoes be planted again in summer or fall? I live in North Georgia 7B. Potatoes can be planted in the fall. The problem with there is getting seed potatoes just about non-existent to get seed potatoes in the fall. So you're probably going to have to save your own. Or if you're lucky enough to find some, potatoes do not like summer heat. So we either plant them mm -hmm. in the early spring or in the fall and leave the summertime for okra. Okay. Jonathan Tank Jones, what are some tomato varieties that you have? that would do good for fall, and when should they be started? You're a little late. We plant in zone eight. We like to plant our tomatoes in July. The two varieties that I'm trialing this year that I think would do well anywhere as far as a fall garden would be 
Florida 91 and Homestead. I think those are two good varieties to plant in the fall of the year. Robin Goldsmith, when to plant collards sown in the ground zone 8A for fall? Start now and then you can continue to plant them all the way up into November. Collards as well, take cold weather too. In fact, to us, they actually taste a little better after they've had some cold on them. So you can plant them now all the way up till heck, easily the first of November. Lynn Wood, when do I start onions and garlic in 7B? I'm slightly north of Atlanta. Yeah, so on garlic, you want to plant that two to four weeks before your first frost or your frost in the fall of the year. Uh, that would normally be called your last frost. But anyway, before frost, you want to plant two to four weeks your garlic. If you're growing a short day onion and you're overwintering, you want to do the same thing. So. Basically, from the 15th of October to the 1st of November, <coughs> excuse me, would be the ideal time plant garlic and onions in zone 7. Okay. I be grubbing. I be grubbing. I be grubbing. I'm in Florida, and well, I've seen everyone say peppers love the sun. Well, not South Florida sun. I put my peppers in a shady area and now I'm getting some banana peppers. Before it looked like they were either dying or flowers would drop off and never bloom. Peppers do not like full sun in zone 10b. I thought they had a disease as they started dying at the tips. I couldn't find anything to show it was the heat that was the problem. Well, it's a little misnomer, but Peppers do love full sun. They just don't like blistering full sun. That's the reason we normally don't recommend growing them here in zone eight or below in, in July and August. We finish up with our garden most of the time in July. Kind of give a little rest time there during the hottest part of the year when that sun is blistering down and we start getting in the fall. But there's very few things that will grow. Tomatoes and peppers just do not do well here when that sun is blistering down. So move them into the shade if you want to overwinter them to the fall is a great solution to that. David Lass, what's the best storage method to save seed for next year? Do the seeds need to go through a frozen cycle to germinate in the spring? They don't have to go through a, a frozen cycle. Now we normally recommend putting seeds in a controlled environment where the temperatures are constant. You can put them in the refrigerator, that's fine. You can put them in the freezer as well, and if you put them in the freezer, that period in there that you put them in is called stratification, and it, uh, those seeds probably will germinate a little quicker. You want to take them directly out of the freezer and plant them, and you may get a little shorter germination time there. They germinate, germ, germ, germinate a little bit quicker, but you don't have to do that for them to germinate, but it does help sometimes. You can do that stratification big word there big word for me yep all right john rogers are your sunflower seed 2020 or 2021 that could be the one john i mean we don't date seeds necessarily and we move a lot of sunflower seeds so we got a steady supply coming in but our main concern is germination and we keep that germination constant testing on it to make sure those seeds are good and that's what we go by is germination and not date of seeds all right terry Bartruff. I planted the peaches and cream fall crop and it's tasseling around four feet tall. What caused the corn to tassel before it gets normal height? We see a lot of times summer crops of corn or fall crops of corn, if they stress any, especially with heat stress, they won't get as tall as they normally get in the springtime. Most of the time you can still make a good crop of corn, but that stalk stresses at some point and maybe has a problem 
getting the full length that we're used to, the full height. Uh, so it's normally stress, whether it be heat, dry weather, or something like that that causes the problem. Okay. But you, I mean, most of the time you still make a decent crop. So. All right. Next set, Tim Reed. Is it better to cut a cover crop and let it dry or till it in immediately? Yeah, so I always like to cut it and till it in as quick as I can. Uh, it breaks down a lot quicker. Feeds the microbes in the soil, keeps that soil alive and churning in there. So the quicker you can get it cut up and cut in, the better off you are. Derek Allen, what cover crops will boost your soil microbes the most? Are they any vegetables you don't want to follow with certain cover crops due to pests or certain plants emitting things? Yeah, so the, the ones that I think have the most potential adding to the soil biology are the ones that have the most biomass, the most, uh, the most that you can turn in. The more mass you can turn in, the more it feeds that soil. And the ones I think about as far as cool weather crops is clovers. Most of the time the clovers have a lot of biomass that you can turn back in. The ones that I would not follow up on is an example with the impact collards that we use as, we sell and use as a cover crop. I wouldn't follow up behind the impact collards with a brassica or a green behind that because I think you could be getting into some problems with disease and insect there. So get within, out of that family. So if you're going to, uh, if you're going to follow, if you're going to plant a brassica in there, maybe do a, uh, a rye or something that's not in that family before it. Always stay out of the family with the cover crop. Okay. Gardening Sheena, you're going to like this one. Do you believe eating microgreens has improved your health in your opinion? What's the best tasting, healthier dressing that Ms. Hollis has made? You both look great. Greg has really lost a lot wow. of weight. <laughs> Just wondering if he attributes incorporation of the microgreens to his success. Definitely so. So what I've been doing is keto diet. And the keto diet calls for eating a lot of vegetables. And I've been trying, I ain't done it every day, but I've been trying to eat microgreens or lettuce. We're growing lettuce inside as well every day. I eat some type of vegetable every day. And it has helped somewhat. Uh, I've lost some weight, thank you very much. Not as much as I want to, but this is a slow, ongoing process. But eating the microgreens, I definitely think, has helped with that. My favorite microgreen is broccoli, mm -hmm. and I'll let you talk about the dressings. Um, there's two that I do for him. One is just an herb infused. It has some rosemary, oregano, some garlic, and the olive oil. And I'll try to show that in the coming weeks. Um, the other one you like is that jalapeno pepper sauce that we, we showed a couple weeks yep. ago. And if you want that recipe, just email CustServe and they'll get it to you. Yep. So what I've been trying to do is incorporate as much fish as I can. So mm -hmm. I make myself a tuna. I'll mix uh, tuna in with the microgreens or I try to get some type of fish in there because on the keto diet, they really encourage you to eat a lot of fish and healthy oils. Mm -hmm. So I kind of kill two birds with one stone there with the tuna microgreens. Okay. Or the lettuce, either one. Yeah. AKA rooster. Oh, rooster. Oh, rooster. I just purchased your strawberry plugs. I'm going to be getting my garden plot ready. Should I fertilize when planting or a few weeks before? And what's the best fertilizer for strawberries? I think you'd be well served to use our complete organic fertilizer and incorporate it into the soil where you're going to plant your strawberries. 
about five to seven days before you're ready to plant them. And that'll give that uh, organic fertilizer time to break down a little bit and become available to the plant. I think that'd be a great strategy. Okay. Katie, I'm in Henry County, Alabama. It's been extremely hot and humid. When should I plant a cover crop for my backyard garden? And what cover crop would you suggest? When you still have time to get some of these short-term cover crops in, I'd go with buckwheat. You got plenty of time to get buckwheat in before it's time to transition to the cool weather cover crops. Okay, Jeff asks, hello everyone at Haas. I'm breaking some new ground this fall for a spring garden next year. What would you recommend for a good winter cover crop? Gonna plant corn, green beans, okra, and squash for the spring of 2022. One of my favorite ones is a cocktail, and the cocktail would be tillish radishes, rye, and veg. You get the best of the world right there with the tillage radish to break up to your soil, and then you got the legume, which is the veg, and then you got the rye that helps with disease suppression. Those three there uh, complement one another well. Okay. The ginger rose garden, do you recommend to overwinter pepper plants or just start fresh? Is the outcome any different? Love the show. A lot of people do that. I mean, especially down in the south, they got a greenhouse or somewhere mm -hmm. to overwinter pepper plants. And then we've used ours, we let them go all the way up the frost. Yeah. You know, if you got some of those novelty peppers, it's really hard to grow, some, such as the hot peppers. I don't see a problem with overwinter. Now, if you're doing just a common pepper like bell pepper or banana pepper I just don't think it's worth the effort to overwinter them but there's nothing wrong with doing it with some of the uh, some of the novelty types sounds good last three Charles McCullough Greg you said in a previous video that video that you're in zone 8a we still had time to grow corn I went yesterday to get seed and the owner at the feed and seed store said that the night starting in October would slow it down and wouldn't make it before frost what's your response uh, somewhat right. So we can plant corn in zone eight. Let's just take peaches and cream. It's got a 75 day to maturity. So right now you'd be hard pressed to get it in and, and it may, I'm not, it would be really borderline if you planted it today, if it would make before the end of the year. Now, if you plant it at the middle of August, you got plenty of time and it does fine. But he is somewhat right. It will slow down somewhat. In October, the cool nights, we don't have as much heat units. But to think we can't get a, uh, a uh, fall corn crop in is not correct. We can't get it in. Just make sure you plant it at the correct time. Middle of October for zone, I mean, excuse me, middle of August uh, for zone eight, plant corn is an ideal time. Okay. Chris asks, I never see the full setup of the drip tape with the regulator combo and injector for a backyard operation. I'd like to have it set up so I can bypass the injector when not fertilizing without unscrewing things. It would be all parts set up at the spigot. Thanks. Yeah, we should probably do that. One reason we don't is we normally recommend to take the injector out when you're not using it. The sunlight can be harsh on some of those components that the injector is made out of. It can break them down over a period of time. So when you're not using the injector, we recommend that you take it and put it in the barn. If you wanted to leave it hooked up all the time, that's no problem. You just probably would build your little box or make sure it's out of direct sunlight. And you could definitely leave it hooked up all the time. And uh, we probably should do more on that. The last one, farmer maker. What do I need to order to convert my two wheel to a one wheel? 
I am thinking it may be handy to be able to convert it down occasionally for narrow rows. Yep, I like to use the single wheel wheel hoe for carrots and especially when I'm growing things in the wintertime, radishes and beets and things. This is what you need right here is the shoulder bolt. Pretty simple little tool. So you take your double wheel axle off and your wheels off, move your brackets this way, and you can put your single wheel back on your single hoe, wheel hoe with this shoulder bolt. That's all you need. And there's actually a video out there um, that shows you it's an older one. Yep. Back in, I want to say 2012, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's probably a couple of, I know there's one out there, maybe two. Okay. Corny joke of the week. Corny joke of the week. I've been waiting on this one. This was sent in by Gary, our Florida guy. Gary, yeah. Hello, Gary. Hope you're doing well, Gary. What is the coolest vegetable in the garden? Mm. No. A radish. <laughs> we have a shirt. Yep. A radish shirt. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. If <laughs> you want to send those radish. in and we use it on the show, we'll send you a little gift. So, Gary, well, I think we've got your address. I think we got Gary's address, yeah. <laughs> we'll be sure to send him that. Yep. While you get ready for the draw, and I'm going to talk about strawberries just for a minute. We got a few strawberries left. If you live in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, or Florida, you can still pre-order your strawberries. We have the Chandler variety that we have this year. Comes in 50 to a flat. So you can plant them this fall. We hope to have them in around the end of October and we'll get them out there to you. You can plant them, overwinter them in early, early spring. You can be blessed with an abundant harvest of delicious Chandler strawberries. So if you have not ordered yours today, definitely give it some thought and uh, get your order in. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let me mix these up good. All right, you draw the first. First one is gonna be Cheryl Markwatt. I hope I pronounced that right. I think you did better than I did. Yep. All right, our second one was the very first question we had, MCCU J O O three. All right, and I'm gonna close my eyes and dig through there, that's good. The third one is Charles McClellan. McCullough? I think so. Charles. So Charles. All right. Fourth one. And the fourth one is Lucia Murr. I think that's right. All right, and the last one. And the last the one is Katie, Katie McLean Mize. All right. All right, folks, send your address in. We can send you your book. We appreciate everybody submitting their questions. And we hope everything clears up and uh, we can get some good gardening with up out there. Sounds mm. good. Thank you for watching. That's time, folks, to get out there and get dirty.